0: Welcome to the Saving Lives podcast. I'm Eddie Joe. Today is the first of March of 2021. The article that I'm going to be using as a reference came out a couple weeks ago, and I've actually created a whole blog post which is far more thorough than what I'm going to be able to discuss here in the podcast for the sake of you know your attention span as well as mine because we all have short attention spans at the end of the day. But most of the articles used as a reference here are free for you to download, so check the show notes. Check out the blog post, download the articles for yourself, read them for yourself, and at the end of the day, don't trust me. We're about a year into our clinical experience with the current pandemic, and many of us from data from before have gone back to the fundamentals of critical care because we've tried to reinvent the wheel a couple of times during the, during the course of this pandemic, but reinventing it has really not worked very much outside of, for example the new data that has come out with regards to tocilizumab and other monoclonal antibodies. But we have to go back to the fundamentals. We started proning people even before 2013 when the Proceva trial, which is linked in the show notes, showed us that prone positioning in ARDS patients led to decreases in both 28-day mortality as well as 98-day mortality. And that's why most of us do it in our clinical practice for patients who are mechanical ventilation. So what we do and what I do in my practice with the people who I intubate is that I initiate prone positioning soon after intubation. I mean, they're already on under the effects of paralytics. That's probably the best you're going to do. And you want to recruit uh, these people's alveoli because you and I have seen that once these people get intubated, they go ahead and they, drop their sats, (laughs) you know, you notice that you're climbing up on their peep pretty aggressively and those types of things. Something that has gained interest in our efforts to avoid intubation of our COVID patients is the utilization of proning patients, whether they're either on nasal cannula or non-invasive ventilation, which some people will call CPAP or BiPAP, or even on high-flow nasal cannula. We have all taken measures to avoid intubating patients because we know by experience what unfortunately happens to many of them. These strategies, excuse me, there are strategies though to help us determine who needs to be intubated and who doesn't by using measures such as the ROX index, ROX. And again, I have spoken about this in the podcast before. There is a new study that I published, that I published, who am I kidding? I I don't publish anything. I just go ahead and share things. But there's a recent uh, paper that came out looking at the rocks index, where they're trying to validate it for COVID. But again, we need to use our older, established evidence-based principles to help us out. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. The data that I'm using as a citation is, as I mentioned, relatively new. It came out just last month in February of 2021. But many of us have attempted proning non-intubated COVID patients prior to any data being published and the reality is that there has been data on non-COVID patients showing that proning patients on high-flow nasal cannula does end up helping. For example, in 2013, there's a study that utilized this type of technology called electrical impedance tomography that showed that with high-flow nasal cannula, patients had an increase in their end-expiratory lung volumes. In plain English, that means that the lungs opened up more, they were able to recruit more alveoli. And in these healthy volunteers using this particular study, there was a more homogeneous distribution of lung volumes. And in addition to that, they, they were breathing a little bit easier. They decreased their respiratory rate. Case reports started their, making their way into the journals, including the first one that I was able to find, uh, where they found one particular patient who did well with severe COVID-19 and proning. Fortunately, this patient did not need intubation. I will never go as far as to say that the strategy will absolutely help everyone. I mean, we need to take that into account that whatever medication or whatever treatment doesn't help absolutely everybody. But whatever measures we can implement to avoid intubation intubation should definitely be taken into account. After that study with that one case report, there was a, a case series that was published in May of 2020, which showed benefits to proning patients who weren't intubated, where there was a difference of... Uh, the amount of people who are intubated. In addition, what they did that was really cool is that they included a protocol for all of us to use in our practice, and that's all free in the show notes, so go check that out. A little bit later on, another author named Bauer and his, and his crew of people published a protocol including both inclusion as well as exclu- exclusion criteria for the utilization of prone positioning in patients with COVID-19 who are either on high flow or on non-invasive ventilation or BiPAP or CPAP for that matter. Obviously I can't I can't walk you through a protocol. It'll be easier for you to download. But the study that I'm going to be discussing as you see as a reference was published on the 18th of February by Fazzini and his crew of people, where they actually performed a prospective cohort study reflecting the effectiveness of proning COVID patients. Like you and I have surely seen in our clinical practices, Proning COVID patients is not as easy as it seems, and these these folks were very transparent with that. Many patients just don't tolerate prone positioning, but they did go ahead and enroll far more patients than those that they were able to prone. I know that my nurses and respiratory therapists have to beg and plead with patients to prone themselves. Some just do not want to do it. And they noticed that 26% of patients were unable to prone themselves for longer than an hour, of patients had a BMI that was just too high to be amenable for proning. And 14% of patients just flat out said, no, I'm not going to prone. So I guess if they're actually showing us their data, we shouldn't feel too bad or beat ourselves up too badly because our patients refuse to prone themselves. What they found really shouldn't come as a surprise to us, to those of us at least, who understand the physiologic benefits of prone positioning. The authors found that proning COVID patients was, quote, associated with significant improvement in oxygenation, lower ICU admission, lower tracheal intubation, and a shorter ICU length of stay. Now, if the patient was able to tolerate being prone for more than an hour, these results were even better for them. So, bottom line is that we should be doing this more often on our COVID patients, I know that the data isn't the most robust because it would really be quite challenging to do a double-blind randomized type of study in these patients because, you know, you could see them being prone, <laughs> but I also would not want to withhold proning patient if they were in a control arm. I mean, I just won't do it. Now, there is a multi-center randomized control trial looking at high-flow cannula with prone position that's currently in the works out of Rush in Chicago and Rush uh, the Rush Medical Center, I mean. And uh, that's currently in the works. We should not beat ourselves up too much if the patients don't want to do it. Because again, there are patients who just don't want to prone themselves. But I think it would be helpful if we had a way to communicate with the patients that actually them proning themselves is going to lead them to get out of the hospital faster. Because I think that 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 would create some insight or I guess not some insight, but that would create some awareness as to why we're begging them to Get on their stomachs until ultimately all that uh, data comes out with the Rush trial, the randomized control trial. We know that proning patients is definitely challenging. It's not perfect. We need to be cognizant of patient selection and patient limitations. But when we are able to success- successfully be able to prone our patients and do it more efficiently. We should recommend that it should be for over an hour as that's when the greatest benefit is seen with fewer ICU admissions, fewer intubations, and a shorter length of stay. Hope you guys took get something out of this podcast and renew some motivation to beg and plead with your patients as to why they should prone themselves for more than an hour a day. Thank you so much for your support. Hope you all have a great, great day. Bye.